All right, guys, welcome back to the Grumpy PA podcast. This week, we wanted to come and talk to you guys about OERs. Um, so just a little background story. My NCOERs were, were screwed up. I didn't have a whole lot of uh, a idea what I was doing. I thought if you just did a, worked hard, did a good job, your paperwork would reflect that and you would be able to get promoted. Um, you know, I came from I joined the army late and, and came from the civilian sector where your direct supervisor or your boss is the one who actually promotes you. And in the army, we don't have that. We have this paperwork system that gets submitted up to HRC and has a board. Um, and based off of what your paperwork says, you're going to get promoted. Um, my NCORs were screwed up. So I, when I, when I commissioned, I swore up and down that, that I wouldn't let the same thing happen. I went and asked my S1. I asked my battalion commander. I asked a couple of, of PA buddies, what, my OER needed to look like. Uh, I think we got the comments good. I think we got all that kind of stuff good, but my administrative data was still screwed up based off of a recommendation from my S1. You know, so all of that time and effort and work was was messed up because I didn't uh, go in and, and just read the regs myself. So this week, I think we're, we're just going to dig into this a little bit more so you guys don't make the same mistakes that I did. Uh, today, we've got Grumpy PA joining us. He's going to help us dig through this OER mess and, and try to figure out what's going on. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm excited to talk about OERs. It's like one of my favorite topics in the whole world. I think I fell asleep there, uh, but let's get started. <laughs> uh, all right. So there's a bunch of different types of OERs that are out there, right? Annual, extended annual, change of rate or complete the records. Um, I was trying to get mine in before a board that apparently didn't care if I had an OER in any way. Uh, and I think it, part of it's based on time, right? So annual versus extended annual. Like, is, is there anything that's better? What defines them? How do we decide which kind of OER we need to be working on? Well, so the uh, the first thing I would say is the, 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 the easiest thing to do is just get a series of annuals stacked on top of themselves, right? So every 12 months you get an OER and it's an annual and you had the same rating chain and chain of command uh, throughout it. And uh, they gave you, you got a counseling and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but that just doesn't happen very often, right? Um, probably going to be easiest for you in your early days of being a PA to do that up front. And then it's going to get harder as time goes by. And I would say it's going to be easier because you're probably going to dump into a battalion and, and have some stability inside a battalion as the PA for a period of time. And you're going to have a fairly simple structure uh, for your Raider and Senior Raider. And it's probably going to be your Brigade Surgeon. If you're in conventional force, you're going to have a Brigade Surgeon as your Raider. And then uh, your Senior Raider will be probably your Battalion MTO Commander, which is is kind of the, what the system is designed to be. That's real nice inside a BCT. That's less nice when you get over into like a Fires Brigade, an MP Brigade, or something else. Or where, uh, you know, like you get into the HHBN Division type stuff. And, and then starts things start getting cloudy there. Uh, they get more cloudy for other folks as they get older and further along. You end up in like an MTO assigned personnel job. So you, you work in, say, a role three field hospital, but you have duty at the, the, the actual garrison facility, the MTF. Um, that's where things start getting goofy and funny. And then you also as you start bouncing around more early. So if you if you go at six months and you got to do a change of rate or not have an annual. So uh Again, best case scenario, 12 month, nice annual OER, got a Raider, senior Raider, uh, per the regulation, AR 623- oh, I think I got that number wrong, 623-3, and DAPAM 623-3. Uh, the A physician assistant does still have to have a physician in their rating chain as either the Raider or senior Raider. 
Um, if you manage to slip one past HRC and, and do it without a physician in your rating chain, you wouldn't be the first person to do it, uh, not even the first person on this podcast to do it. Um, but that doesn't mean that HRC doesn't check once in a while. It doesn't mean there's not a reason for it to be there. But I think that that's kind of a good place to start. And then you're going to have a lot of variance depending on individuals from there. Okay, so 623-3 Appendix E, um, I believe it's page 111. I was just looking at it a minute ago. Um, it's So it, it says physician has to be my raider or senior raider, but my XO is going to throw a fit, man. Like he wants to be my raider. So how do I, like, can I play it as an intermediate raider? Is, is there a ways to work that around so that that way they're still in that rating chain? Uh, so the interesting there, there was just a rewrite and actually the 2019 version kind of changed the rules on what an intermediate raider was and i'll tell you early in my pa career yeah i, ha I had my battalion uh, xo who was the, the chief of staff effectively kind of ran the staff and as a special staff officer i fell within his purview uh he did he wanted to be involved and so he actually wrote intermediate raider comments for me which was great because then i had you know my brigade surgeon as, as my raider uh, my XO who liked me uh, as my intermediate raider and my battalion commander who liked me as my senior raider. And so they were all nice and tight and that was good. But in the 2019 revision, uh, the AR slipped away from and the guidance has slipped away from intermediate raiders unless there's a, a specific case. And so you want to get in there and kind of read about that. Um, I think it would be inappropriate and you kind of just got to coach your XO along that it's inappropriate for them to be your, your raider or senior raider uh, from that regard. Um, because of the fact that you have to have a physician in there. And then uh, based on your rank, you have to have a certain rank of senior rater. So while the XOs may be a reasonable person to have in your rating chain, it wouldn't necessarily be wrong, uh, depending on where you are, it might be better and stronger for you to have that uh, Lieutenant Colonel Battalion Commander as your senior rater, uh, particularly when you consider the fact that the battalion commander senior rates the other staff officers in the battalion. So sometimes people are like, oh, how am I ever going to compete against this infantry or armor company commander? Well, you're not. You're you're competing against the primary staff in that battalion um, as far as your ratings and what's available from your senior rater in that regard. So while your XO certainly um, has interactions with you uh, from that perspective, it should probably be a joint effort between the battalion command and the XO as far as uh, what your rating looks like and what your performance and potential are. Uh, so, okay. So I guess that makes, that makes sense. So we need to find a, a physician somewhere in the BCTs. It's relatively straightforward. Um, what does, does the board look at the type of rating? And like when, when we go up to those promotion boards, obviously, you know, unless you rate murder, kill somebody, you're going to make captain, um, pretty much, pretty much. Right. Um, but as far as beyond that, once we start getting into majors, are they looking at, Oh well, this was just a this was just a change of raider, so it's kind of weaker. Or maybe it's a you know because it's a change of raider, it was only a three month OER or six month OER, um, so they didn't have time to evaluate you completely. So maybe if it's not a top block, you know, then all right, cool, we can wiggle that. Is that stuff that the board is looking for or looking at? Uh, yes and no. So um, I'm going to refer us back to episode one, and and we'll put it in the show notes again today that David's video where they talk about what the promotion board looks like. And that'll really help guide you as far as what your OER should look like. I think the overarching point I would tell you that we didn't really say yet, but we should say is that your OER should be built for your promotion selection uh, and little else. Uh, you can try to use them to build towards a specific job that you want to have. But um, 
people looking, uh, people that you're interviewing with for specific jobs, probably going to, it's going to be word of mouth and your ORB and your qualifications and your interview. Um, the promotion board, all they have to go off of is your OERs. And, uh, you know, I mean, we've even scrubbed it now where you're not getting the DA photo in there. But if you watch that video on the DVIDs, it'll kind of lay it down for you. And what I want to, to, to highlight about that is you have, um, the, or sorry, the board members, the 12 board members, six of which are AMED and six of which are, are competitive category non-AMED, have about a minute and a half to two minutes to dissect your entire promotion packet. And so, uh, you know, in the days of the DA photo, uh, that what that would look like is they would rapidly open up your ORB, look at your DA photo on a big picture, and then compare, see if you gave a crap about having your ORB updated, and then they would go to your OERs. And in your OERs, they would just dissect the snot out of your senior radar comments. And they're trying to dig through six OERs in a minute and a half, two minutes. So you can imagine like people that write big, long paragraphs in your senior rater comments, uh, they don't, they don't have time for that crap. They might read the first line and the last line, or if your senior rater is really good at writing the comments, they might, you know, have like no more than four lines in the senior rater block and they're looking for power punch statements. And then they're trying to assess six of those very quickly. So, um, for them to, to stop and be like, wait, was this a change of rater or was this an extended annual? Probably don't care because the senior rater comments don't really talk about any of that crap, right? Uh, if, you, if, if you've caught up with kind of the idea, this EQE CPP thing that we talked about where you get enumerated, you get quantified, uh, they talk about your education, both civilian and professional military education, whether or not you're suitable for command, what your potential is, and your and whether or not you should get promoted. That's really all they're saying, and nowhere in there do they give a crap about change of rater or whether this was a three or six month. The hard part is how do you in three months, the minimum amount of rating and senior rating time with somebody, get them to spend a above center mass or a most qualified uh, rating on you. Uh, and, and that's hard to do. Um, it, it happens, but you know, if you're just coming into a unit, they're just getting to know you, uh, unless you just hit the ground running, like, how do you, how do you shake out an MQ out of somebody on a three or six month OER? And, and that's, that's what I would offer you. So, um, if you stack up a whole bunch of change of raters, a three month here, a six month there, a three month there, a five month there, an eight month, then you've just basically what you're lining up is a whole series of meh kind of OERs that the board's going to open up and that those 12 board panels are going to be like, yeah, these are, these are crap OERs. Now maybe then in that minute and a half to two minutes, they go back and go, Oh, these are all change of raters. That sucks. Um, but that's not going to be like, Oh, okay, well we'll promote them now. They're just gonna be like, yeah, it's a shit board packet. Do not select. <laughs> so that's, that's what you're fighting against. And that's, that's why better for you to have the longer period, the longer OERs, the annuals where you get to know your senior, your rater, senior rater, you help them build towards their training objectives for their unit, their operational objectives for their unit, the care of their soldiers, and then you get the rating back that you deserve based on your performance. So that makes it seem like if, let me see how to say this, my senior rater almost doesn't matter, right? Or I'm, not, I'm sorry, not my senior rater, but my rater right? Is they almost don't matter as long as their comments are good. And I, I get a decent block from, from them really like all of the rest of it kind of goes out the window. So it doesn't matter who my raider is unless they're in there saying like, don't ever promote this person. Yeah, absolutely. That's what, that's what we say is that um, unless you're, there's a serious disconnect between your raider and senior raider, then it really, that, that 
the, the chance the board is going to come back and look at radar comments is low. Now, uh, that is, there's 12 individual people on that board. And maybe one of them is like, no, I look at all the radar comments and, and th that's fine. It's really up to the board member what they do. The chance that you've got 12 of them that give a crap what the radar says is probably low because of the amount of time that they have to spend it. You know, they, they've got to get through the entire board's files. Um, it sounds like a stupid system. I know somebody out there was just like, well, why don't they just give them more time to go through it? And uh, it's a solid question. Uh, I encourage you to to pursue that when you're in 06, 07 uh, in the Army. Uh, but as it sits right now, uh, the number of boards, promotion boards and selections that go through, um, that's the way that the system is built as far as I understand. And then Grumpy Paw has never sat on one of these boards. He's not quite at that level, uh, though eventually that may end up being a tasking that uh, Grumpy Paw catches. Uh, but minute and a half, two minutes, I I'm not looking at radar comments. I tell you, you know, I'm trying to dissect, you know, like whether you're a good person or not uh, um, otherwise, unless I'm like, man, what is, why, why is this OER written this way? What's missing about it? And then I might glance up at the radar comments and try and try and glean that out. Uh, so, but yeah, generally your radar comments, I'm not going to say they're, they're useless. Uh, you know, when I rate people, I take the time to write them decent comments, but there is a, a, it's reasonable to come to the conclusion that they matter less. Yes, I would agree with that. Okay. Um, so let's dive into what a senior radar comment should look like. I know you already, you, the man, it was QACC. There's lots of letters. <laughs> um, so, so let's talk a little bit more about that because that's, you know, it sounds like almost out of everything that we've talked about so far with OERs, um, they, it, it seems like the biggest thing is going to be those senior rater comments. So what needs to be in them distinctly, right? And, you know, to say, hey, this is a good dude and, and this is who we need to promote. Um, you, you said short, sweet, to the point. Uh, with strong language, what, what are some examples of that language? Uh, so, okay, so first thing you, you heard me rattle off was that the acronym, right? And so if you're driving, listening to this work, just mark this time in your podcast and, and take the notes when you get to work. Like, don't try and write this down as you're going. Uh, but the the general rule, the, the smart thing that senior raiders do is they they learn how to write OERs like army officers. And so AMED officers suck at doing this uh, generally, not all of them, but sometimes you'll run into somebody that's new to this and they'll write you a terrible OER and they're not even trying to. They're trying to tell everybody how great you are because look how many RVUs you made and, and so on and so forth. Uh, but they might write you a terrible OER. But the 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 succinct senior rater comments that you are after that I would encourage you to pre-draw up and write up and put into the OER when you hand it off to your rater. It's like, hey, this is coming due in 60, 45, 30 days, whatever it is. Uh, they sound like this. It's about four lines long and it's the acronym is EQECPP. -E and the EQ, the, the E and the Q run together. It's enumeration and quantification. Uh, and so what that might sound like is uh, Pandemic Paul is the number two of 34 lieutenants, captains, whatever, that I, that I currently senior rate. And then the quantification will sound something like this and is in the top 1% of officers that I've worked with in my 35-year career, whatever that sounds like. And so that also might sound like 
uh, this is the number 35 of 35 officers and in the bottom 5% of officers. And so you kind of want to balance that. Like, do you want your senior rater to say that? Probably not. So if you're not in the top handful and if you're not in the top percentage of people, uh, you might get a blase kind of senior rater comment. And that might be what you want. You know, you might have to open that conversation and be like, hey, I noticed you didn't enumerate or quantify me. Do Why was that? It might be like, well, because you're a terrible officer and I, I, I'm not going to put that in there. If you'd like, I will enumerate and quantify you. Well, I was going to say, so, so, you know, it, I, I just imagine sitting on one of these boards and reading these things over and over and over again. If everybody's enumerated the same way, like, wouldn't it be better if like I stood out somehow and had like, or, or does it matter? Is, is it better to have that, that same language that everybody else is fighting for than having like some flowery prose that describes how wonderful of a human I am and how I'm such a great officer, right? Does, like, I, I know short and sweet because we're under a time crunch, but at the same time, you know, if, if I'm sitting there reading the same comments over and over again, it seems like it would get lost to, to noise. And so I, I've had uh, some raters who have recommended that they change their, their blurb so that it says something, you know, it's instead of the, the standard number one of 10 or, or something along those lines that I really like this guy because he's fantastic or something along those lines, right? I haven't heard that. Uh, what I would tell you is that um, for 12 officers trying to uh, figure out who you are, they appreciate that succinct uh, enumeration. And not everybody uh, out there listening to this podcast is going to get called number one, two, three, four, whatever that is. Uh, and so you just got to kind of keep that in mind. And then this is where you, you'll hear people say that um, the board hears what you don't say as loud as what you do say. And so when you're not enumerated and you're when you're not quantified, the board hears that. They understand like, oh, oh, okay. So this guy is not even in the top 25% of people that are being rated, senior rated. Um, the other side is if if they, if they the board, the 12 board members are reading through and they recognize that um, serial ratings, like so the, the, the senior rater has rated you multiple times and they don't see consistency across that or they start to recognize that, um, hey, I just, I looked at four other packets that this guy was a senior rater on and they all said you were number one too. So now I have five people that are the number one uh, PA they've ever worked with and in the top 1%. Uh, they either had a really good year or two years or or they're not reliable. And so the senior rater can lose some, lose some oomph in their words if they're not careful, if they're not honest in their assessments. And so that's what I would offer you from that regard is I, I, I've never heard anybody come back and make that recommendation. Uh, I've, I've always heard succinct to the point, like tell the board what they need to know as rapidly as possible so that they can move on. And if you say number one of 10 and in the top 5%, 2%, 1%, whatever that is, um, that's a strong one. Uh, and then they weaken from there to a point where maybe you don't want them to comment on it. Okay. All right. So enumeration qualification, what's the next E? Uh, so after quantification, you get education. And so you want you want your senior rater to talk about two different aspects of education. Uh, one, you want them to talk about the next level of professional military education that you're headed off to. Uh, if you're on your way to a captain's career course, it'll probably sound like send a captain's career course immediately. Um, it is not a selection board to go to the captain's career course. So you wouldn't want them to say something silly that would degrade their their 
um, awesomeness in the view of those 12 board members, like uh, select for captain's career course. There's no selection for captain's career course. You, you made it, you, you're promotable or a captain, you've been selected. <laughs> uh, so get to the captain's career course. Um, if you are on your way to the next level after captain's career course, intermediate level education, the senior rater can kind of make some comments to strengthen that. Um, the most desired from the Army perspective is the resident uh, CGSOC course at Leavenworth. That's the 10 month resident course. After that is the four month satellite courses. And after that is the, the box of books versions where they you basically do all distance learning. And the strongest comment that your senior curator can make about you is select for the, the command and general staff officer college uh, or course, which is be the CGSOC or, or select for resident ILE. Uh, that's the strongest comment they can make, and then they can go from there, select for ILE, don't select for ILE, and so on and so forth. And um, what I will tell you about that is that uh, Grumpy Paul, when he was a uh, young Grumpy captain, didn't give a crap if you said anything about ILE. As a matter of fact, Grumpy Paul sat in the captain's career course and was like, shut up, I don't care about ILE, you're never going to drag me off to that course. Um, the if again going back to the what your senior writer doesn't say is as strong as what they say if they don't comment on ile the board will interpret that as not not good enough to hang around for ile and that might equate to not good enough to select for promotion so i tell people don't close the door on yourself like have them write if they think you're a strong officer even you you don't have to go to ile they can select you for the resident ile course and you'd be like nah no thanks um but you you can't come back and be like, no, no, he thought I should go to I. He thought I was a good officer, even though you didn't select me in this promotion board. So don't don't slam the door on yourself. Have your senior rater comment on your ability to go off to ILE and the senior the senior staff college or the war college, if that's uh, coming up on you. Make them comment on it. Be like, comment on this. Where do I fall across all Army officers, uh, regardless of whether you want to be selected for it? And that also goes for the other side of the education, which is civilian education. You may have no desire to go on to a residency or go do it go out and do an MBA through Baylor or anything else like that uh, so what have them comment on it this is the kind of person the army should put out there in the civilian sector to go and get a doctorate degree you might be like I'm never gonna go get a doctorate degree uh, so be it um, and I'll tell you this again don't slam the door on yourself grumpy paws a captain had was never gonna go to an LTET program or residency and was never gonna go to ILE uh, that changed um, and things will change. Your life will change. Uh, Grumpy Paw has a kid and a wife and uh, those things kind of change the dynamic and all of a sudden Grumpy Paw now has finished an LTEP program and, and went to resident ILE and that's what worked for Grumpy Paw at that point in his career. He couldn't look back six, seven years ago and say that that was going to work, but uh, it ended up working. And if, if I had wanted to do that, and hadn't had it written in my OER by by my senior raters who were looking out for me, that wouldn't have been an option for me, even though it was going to be the best thing for me. So, okay. Uh, all right. So what's what's the next one? We've got uh, so just to to sum up real quick: enumeration, quantification, education, uh, and what's what's follows on. So then after that, we're going to talk about command. Uh, and again, you might be like, there's no way I'm ever going to command anything. Grumpy Paw is still in that mood. He's like, I'm not commanding anything. <laughs> but uh, who knows? Maybe maybe that'll change. <laughs> not right now. 
I don't think so, man. Not right now. Not with, not with the way the things are headed, but. <laughs> so command is the other thing. But again, um, you may not have no desire to command and there's, you know, maybe that's just not something you want to do, but there is no stronger message to the 12 colonels sitting on the board about your competency is whether the army should trust you with a leadership position like a command position. So even if it's not in your goals to do it, the fact that they would comment, select for tactical command, select for clinic command. Um, again, no one's going to force you. No one's going to put a gun to your head and be like, you're taking command of this battalion. Like, but if it's not written there, the board can't assess your quality uh, as far as upward promotion. And so if you if you if your commander doesn't comment on it and leaves it off or you tell them, don't put that shit on there, uh, well, you're just digging yourself a hole, like have them write it on there. Like same thing, like. It lists whether or not I should go off to advanced civilian education, list whether or not I should go to the resident courses and list whether or not I'm, I'm the quality of person you're looking for in command, because it speaks through to those 12 people that are trying to judge you in 90 to 120 seconds. And then that fills into the last two P's, which are potential and promotion. And so here is where um, really the whole the whole difference between your rater and senior rater comments is potential versus performance. Right. And so your rater is supposed to comment on your performance during the rated period. Your senior rater is supposed to comment on your potential. And uh, sometimes senior raters will be like, oh, excellent performance. That's a waste of, of line, uh, you know, in that 90 to 120 seconds, your senior rater is getting distracted and, and you want to just be be wary of that. If they if they write five lines about your performance, that's not what they're supposed to be doing. The senior rater is supposed to be speaking to the army about whether or not you've got the potential to be a field grade, to be a major, to be a lieutenant colonel, a colonel. Um, and so they need to spend that. And so that's what they need to say, potential, like, and, and strong potential comments are things like select for battalion command um, or, or a future strategic leader within AMED, like will serve well. Uh, it, those are the kind of things that, that make solid bullets, strong bullets within the realm of potential. Um, you know, already operating at the field grade level when you're a captain, uh, you know, th those are strong bullets. And then behind it is your your selection for promotion again. And that, it'll sound something like select below the zone, uh, select ahead of peers, select with peers, uh, select everybody else that's a captain that has ever heard the word captain before you, whatever that is. Um, and hopefully you're not getting those bad comments or those really blase senior rater comments. But what I'll tell you is that um, with those 12 people in the in the board are trying to grade each of your OERs against a grading scale where they're going to give you anywhere from one to six points. Uh, and if you have all those elements of the EQ, ECPP, and they're strong, number one, uh, top 1% of officers, select below the zone, select for command, select for IOE resident, select for advanced degree, then it's really easy for all 12 of them to be like six, give that guy six points. And if every one of your OERs looks like that and it's six points, six points, six points, you're going to get selected BZ. Like you might not have done anything else, but have great paper, but that's a BZ packet. When you put six OERs in front of those 12 people and they go like six points, six points, six points, six points. Uh, if it's missing components of that EQE CPP, uh, then it's now that you have 12 different people's opinions on what that might mean. That might be a five, that might be a four, it might be a three. And so each of the 12 of them are going to come up with a score. And they're probably, because they're looking for the same elements in the senior rater comments, because they all get trained this. 
uh, they're probably going to come up with a score that's pretty much the same. And if you have a if you have six blase OERs that don't have a lot of components of the EQECPP, they don't say select for command, they don't say select for ILE, they don't say select BZ, they don't say number one, two, three, then they're probably going to be like, yes, yeah, this, this looks like a three to me. And three is danger zone for not getting selected if there's not a lot of seats. Sixes get selected. Fives usually get selected unless like some freaky situation. Fours usually get selected. Threes are on the cut line. And so you kind of got to sit down and look at your, your OERs and say, are these threes, are these fours, are these fives, or are these sixes? And that's where you want to sit down with a mentor and have them tell you what they think about whether those are six, five, four, threes. Okay. Um, so who would be a good group? So obviously a senior PA, like, should I go to my S1? Are they going to be useful? Or is there somebody else, like besides a senior PA, uh, is there somebody else out there that I should have as that mentor for my OERs? I think you'll hear a lot of people say different things about this. And you're going to hear a couple different stories that should resonate with you. One, uh, you're going to hear somebody say, I've always had a not PA as a mentor, a senior infantry colonel, an artillery colonel, an aviator or whatever. And I think that's a valuable thing to have because that's somebody that's not going to let you get confused by what AMED tells you. They're going to give you the they're going to speak well for the other six people sitting on your promotion board. And so sitting down with them and being like, hey, here's here's my OERs up to this point, And here's the draft OER comments coming for my next OER. How am I looking? And uh, they can sit down and they'll, they'll go down and grade this for you. Uh, it is always good to also have a senior PA uh, on, your, on your docket here. And so uh, a lot of the senior PAs just take this on. You, you reach out to them, they'll sit down and talk to you. And I, I think a couple opinions is always a good thing to have. I've, I've sat down with uh, a lot of people and looked over their OERs and been like, hey, you know, like you, I, I think you should start looking for a civilian job because you may not get selected here. Um, or, hey, you're you're fast-tracking towards BZ. I think you're in great shape if your OERs keep looking like this. Um, so that that is what I would offer you in that regard. Uh, so the uh, do, do both is what I would say. So, yeah, so to that point, I would say de definitely have both and have several. Um, I would encourage you, if you've got a couple non-AMED, non-physician assistant, senior colonel friends that are willing to look over that with you, as well as a couple senior PA friends to look over that with you and kind of, and then you can balance their different opinions. Remember that you're going to, you're like I just described balancing four opinions and uh, on the board, they're going to try and balance 12, 12 different opinions, six non-AMED, six AMED, and maybe one of those six AMED is a PA. So that's, that's a fantastic fantastic way like if you have a senior nurse colonel friend that you want to look over your stuff help you give a feeling those those would be the best case scenarios uh, last question uh so block box checks right so everybody's hunting that that uh mq uh you know it happened to me my senior rater couldn't support just because her profile i think she'd rated two lts at the time um so she just didn't have that that top block to give me how does that impact and and should i be worried about future stuff uh, future promotions with that that HQ block check. So you should worry a little bit, but I wouldn't worry too much. Uh, what we just described is the EQE CPP is the important aspect, or sorry, the, the, the board definitely looks at both and figures that in. The the true sixes, the people that are, you know, six, five plus, five, whatever, those, those really high marks, those are the people that are all MQ box checks and well-written comments. Um, the board does have the ability to see through a highly qualified box check 
with amazing comments. So if you lay down all those amazing comments in the EQE CPP and they are they're looking at a highly qualified box checks, they'll be like, wait, what's going on here? Why would they HQ that? And they might be able to look back and see, oh, yep, the, the senior rater was constrained and didn't have the ability to give an MQ. So it does happen. Uh, so be aware of that. And what I would tell you is that an MQ perfectly written is the best you can perfectly is the best you can possibly do. An HQ perfectly written is probably better than a shoddy MQ. So if somebody writes and somebody gives you an MQ box check and they spend it on you and then they don't really give you a good EQE CPP write up, that that might be worse than getting an HQ with really strong comments. Um, so, but again, that's on the opinion of those 12 people. So keep that in mind. All right, Grumpy, live from the sand, man. You got anything else for us today? No, I think that's it, man. I, um, again, we'll drop the the DVIDs video into the the show notes just to remind you. Go back in and take a bit. It'll, it'll help you understand the way the board is looking at this. And then reach out to the senior uh, PAs across your post, you know, reach up to those core PAs, 18th Airborne Corps, 3 core, 5 core, I core, and talk to them. You know, don't be shy. Like, uh, they'll help you find a mentor. Get yourself a mentor. Uh, you know, way back when Grumpy was a younger a younger guy, uh, a little bit younger, not a lot of bit younger, uh, just, just cold called a senior PA across the SP Corps and was like, hey, will you look at my OER and got some great feedback back and that, that opened up and uh, helped me get on my way. So do the same. Don't be shy about it. All right, guys, remember S1 will screw you. Read the regs yourself. 623-3 uh, has all the paperwork and it'll tell you what you need to do. Um, if you guys need any questions or you want to send us your OERs, go ahead and just reach out through the email and we'll take a look. Uh, thanks and uh, we'll catch you next week.